All right, hello and welcome back to the next episode of The Average. We're fresh off the movie theater this weekend with the latest entry in the MC. You <laughs> let that slip a little bit. What? Nothing <laughs> slipped. Oh, uh, great. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Ooh, that was more exciting than the whole movie. Okay. <laughs> Very colorful. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts about this one, don't we? So, fun fact, we recorded this immediately after watching it on Thursday night. Yes. And then we had some audio issues, so we're back mm -hmm. again after having a couple nights to sleep on it. And let's just let's just clear the air that it was probably best that we had some nights to sleep on this movie. Yeah, hopefully we've calmed down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little uh, more uh, uh, fluent in what we want to say. Not quite as um, fierce as... We were, I'll, I'll admit, I was very fierce. You during, were very fierce. Yeah, so I think it's probably best <laughs> for everyone that I had the, I got to sleep and calm down a little bit. Not that my opinion has changed at all. In fact, if anything, it's definitely gone. Yeah, we'll just. I think keep... I can just express myself a little uh, clearer now. Yes, exactly. So <clears throat> without waiting any, any longer, let's dive in. So first I'll give you a brief synopsis of the yes. story. We open up on scott lang the uh, main character the main reason to watch this movie basically um our beloved ant-man and he's reading from a book his memoir yeah kind of going through his life and catching up with him and what's happened since yeah. endgame and it's probably the best scene in the film it's the best part of the whole movie i've heard some people say it's pretty cringy that's what I loved about it because it did play like I was yeah. almost getting Adam Sandler comedy vibes. That's a that's a new take. Yeah, I've heard that was, one yet. <laughs> like it was giving me maybe I should say like early two thousands comedy vibes where yeah. they're like narrating yeah, their own life. And yeah. I was like, man, if the movie takes this, I'm actually gonna love it. It fit his character. And then it was over in three minutes, and we were moving on. <sighs> yeah, felt, and then somehow <laughs> his daughter is super smart, cool, and she opened up a portal. To the yes. quantum realm, and then everybody in the room gets sucked in somehow. Yeah. I don't quite get it, but they're sucked into the quantum realm, which is different than in the other movie where they shrunk down to the quantum realm. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, but, so they yeah. couldn't just like grow and escape it. They had to find a new way to escape it. I don't quite get the science on that. I'm not a quantum mechanic. Now that you say that, yeah. I, now even I don't really understand like why, how that happens. Yeah, no, I thought about that. I was like, what actually happened? So <laughs> anyways, make, make it worse for me. <laughs> they're stuck in the quantum realm. And they got to figure out how to get out. Basically. While they're down there, they find out that there's an evil, uh, evil emperor. A conqueror. A conqueror, if you will. <laughs> in the quantum realm and you know it's it's he is after ant-man because ant-man is from the surface realm so it's really some deep writing really just oh wait Tim, i'll wait i'll wait till we get to the score yes but that's it they get sucked in the quantum realm how do we escape obviously Basically by beating the conqueror movie. beating the conqueror but i'm still not sure how they actually escaped the quantum realm so yeah let's dive true. in what did you score that's fantastic and original story as i look at my phone here for the score i gave it a two out of five um and even after sleeping on it i think i still will leave it at a two out of five um not comfortably but i will uh yeah the story for me was uh, bare bones kind of like what he said it, it's pretty straightforward 
Uh, you're kind of catching up with uh, Ant-Man uh, at the beginning of the movie, and it's the best part probably of the whole movie, arguably. Not even that. It is the best part of the whole movie. And after that, it just becomes this adventure into the quantum realm. It's, it's a family adventure, basically, without any of the family part. Uh, okay. <laughs> I also am going to have myself. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but bare bones-wise, I could follow the story. I understood what was happening. We'll get to it later in probably the script, but you can kind of go into it a little bit with the story. Um, my biggest critique of this movie's story is that the way in which we get to the end of the story from the beginning of the story, there's a lot of crap that has to happen for no reason. That doesn't make any sense. There's MacGuffins that kind of uh, fill in very huge plot holes that still doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not a huge spoiler, but the uh so like they get into the quantum realm and people speak like different languages and stuff like that and like they can't understand them they can't understand us kind of thing but then they take like this quote-unquote secret sauce basically and all of a sudden like everyone speaks english and they all speak with that the ooze drink the ooze it was so stupid but yeah everyone can all of a sudden just understand each other and they all have that awful like marvel quip like but that is a sci-fi i don't want to say trope but like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy did it with the babblefish in your ear. But isn't that Hitchhiker's w- Guide to the Galaxy? Go- wow, I fumbled that one. Yeah, you did. Isn't that movie also a spoof? It's not really a sp- maybe not a spoof per se. It, it, it kind of is mocking sci-fi while also being sci-fi right. at the same time. Kind of like the scream of sci-fi. Um, so like you expect something like that at least at some point in the yeah, movie. Yeah, like- and it's played up for comedy. And so like I didn't have a major issue with the ooze because I was like. This is often used in sci-fi to get people to communicate and with the comedy right. route, but it still just felt like real quick. Well, yeah, and that's I think that's my issue with it. It's not like one of the huge issues. I just the more I thought about it, the more I'm just like, that was so stupid, like to get to the point where and okay, maybe it wasn't just that, but it was also that again, we go back to the same thing that Marvel has, which again, we'll go into script later, but also that everyone talks and acts exactly the same. There's no personality difference between anyone. So all in all, the story was super bare bones, and I just hated how there was always this little thing to push the plot forward that really was just a convenience for the script writing at that point, and yeah. it just really bugged me the, in the entire movie. I didn't really find the story compelling in any way. I thought it was super boring, and outside of the first three minutes you get with Scott doing his narration, that actually was enjoyable. I don't know if it was funny, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. Like It gave me a chuckle, maybe, but... Outside of that, the story is it pretty... It warmed my heart, and yeah. then my heart froze. Um, so yeah, it was pretty bad. Anyway, your turn. So I'll give <laughs> my score, I gave it a three, because in a lot of ways, mm, it actually okay. reminded me of vintage Star Trek, or the Star Trek Strange yeah, New Worlds on Paramount. Yeah, because it did kind of, like, the whole premise of getting sucked into a realm that you have to figure out a way to escape, it's not exactly original. No. But it's been... And I don't done, fault the movie for right. that, like... Yeah. It's been done before. <clears throat> it's done in almost every Star Trek episode, like exploring a new world. Yeah. And exactly. so I gave it a three because it has potential. Like all of the elements oh, are totally. there to yeah, tell a better there. story than what was told. Right. After thinking about it more, I realized that this feels like a trilogy and we're getting the cliff notes. What Didn't you make a comment that they wanted originally this movie to be like three different movies uh this one was the trilogy capper for ant-man but it's also the prequel to the king saga right exactly in the avengers i thought you made a comment like the the director or someone wanted to make this movie into like three separate movies and make it 
like a trilogy of oh, movies maybe, maybe no I, I don't think it was this one okay but gotcha. like it definitely has those story beats that feel like that oh yeah totally and if yeah. i had had more time with each of these characters like i was bored the first hour but if you had structured the story differently you were the lucky one well <laughs> if you had structured the story differently t- telling the same story but just different beats in different places right, and then yeah. building to the climax that they had would have been more rewarding than skimming yeah. over it in a quick two hours and there we go. Right. It felt like a Cliff Notes version of a better story. Yeah. That's, that's where I take off my two points. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, we got next on the list character. Uh, would you like to start us off? I can start us off. Go ahead. I thought a lot about this one. I know me okay. too. <laughs> uh, so character, I gave it a two out of five. And this is this has become problematic of disney as a whole not just marvel so the one thing that immediately stood out to me in this movie is once we arrive in the uh, quantum realm yeah we're immediately given ant-man's cast of characters that are going to play out the rest of the movie and they feel almost exactly like thor's characters Mm -hmm. from his last two movies yeah we have the valkyrie-esque female warrior Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even think about we that. We have the Korg-esque muscle robot. super annoying robot. and uh, super full of himself director who thinks he can play as... I'm sorry. Listen. <sighs> I know. I actually, I'm sorry. That I was, actually like him. I know you like... I, Jojo, I like Jojo, Jojo Rabbit, Rabbit was yeah. one of my favorite movies was awesome. of that year. I thought it was great. I just think he I can think, be very full of himself. I think Love and Thunder might have phoned it in a little bit. Um, it was awful. But we have almost carbon copies of characters from Thor's movies that are now yeah. ant-man's mm-hmm. followers i don't remember a single one of their names but we had yeah, the comic relief character we had the muscle bound like robotic assassin character and then we have the female warrior character yep and they're all part of ant-man's troop now but they don't last anything longer than this i could see them showing yep, up in like exactly. ant-man 4 <laughs> yep. just like valkyrie showed up in love and thunder mm-hmm. so i was like immediately that's unoriginal to me terribly it feels like we're borrowing from something else and then the other aspects of this like kang is fantastic as a villain they brought him in he's one of the more even if this was his only movie he would be one of the more memorable villains from a marvel film mostly because of jonathan major's performance that dude phones it in yep he's a dude you mean he doesn't phone it in sorry I mean, take that as you will. <laughs> but uh, he, like, Kang is interesting, and Ant-Man, unfortunately, is not interesting, but we love him because of what we've it's, been through with him. Yeah, I mean, so, this is Paul Rudd at this point. Like, you just can't yeah, help but we love just like Paul Rudd. So, so, like, I'm here for Paul charming. Rudd. I'm here for Paul Rudd and Kang. <clears throat> but the problem that Disney is suffering from lately is, I've run into this with a lot of the Star Wars content. Right. Like, I just read one of their young adult books. Mistake. Because what they're doing is they're trying to introduce all these new characters, which is fine. Nothing but they're giving that. us zero reason to like or care or relate to these characters. There's like no foundation to any of these characters are basically like we talked a lot about it where it like all these new characters that they're bringing in for like this new new the next like avengers basically because obviously these actors are getting old from the older avengers right and they need to be replaced there's an obvious passing of the torch that should happen that should happen and we're not saying it shouldn't happen but it's the fact that it just kind of feels like you're taking off one 
when you're taking one off their pedestal and putting the other on there without any of the buildup that those ca- first characters did have. Right. Like those first characters had a whole movie of being nothing, discovering who they were, yeah. learning to use their powers, abilities, super suit, whatever. And then it felt like a first mission. And then the next time yep. was a little more grounded. You saw that growth through every yep. movie with them. This just feels like we're checking off boxes so like going back to I said I was reading a Star Wars thing and I realized that it relates a lot back to this where I don't feel like I'm reading the next Princess Leia. I feel like I'm reading <clears throat> a female character that was meant to be Princess Leia. Check. Right. I'm reading a r- lovable rogue that was meant to be Han Solo, but none of them are as compelling or interesting as the person I'm reminded of. Right. And you can do it because clearly George Lucas did it with Padme like as much as I think everyone would say Leia is the would come first when you think of a Star Wars like female character, right. like Leia comes first. But let's not take anything away from Padme still being her own character and still serving her role and being like, yeah, you could still do it. She is the Princess Leia. Of, like she was, yeah. she freaking ran Naboo and she then came into Curzon and like fought against all the like bad politics that were yeah. going on there. She like, was a great character. Yeah. Well, and I also think <clears throat> even bringing this back to Marvel, it's been done better lately with Hawkeye. Like Kate Bishop's character. We got to know her family. We got to know why she appreciated Hawkeye. He saved her life as a child. That's the opening shot of the film mm-hmm. or of the show. Right. And we built on her. Her moments were earned. We spent time with her. We got to know her and it felt earned at the right. end. And I love Kate Bishop. But in this movie, they try to shoehorn in some of the newer characters and it just doesn't feel earned. It, by new characters, we mean Cassie. Mainly Ant-Man's daughter. And we'll get there. Don't yep. worry. I it, have a whole list ready. <laughs> all right. So why don't you... That's my thought on character. Like, yeah, Really, sure. the lovable <clears throat> characters here are Kang and Ant-Man. Pretty much. And the rest of them are just checking boxes of similar characters that should be supporting cast. Yep. They're not memorable. So you basically... I mean, you hit it on the nail there with, like, as, like... Scott Lang and King are the two people that those are the only characters you care about in this movie, basically. At least that's how I viewed this movie. I mean, the pink little ooze guy. Nope. I liked him 2%. Nope. More than everybody else. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gave mine a two out of the more I think about it, like I, I should give it a one probably. Um, the characters suck. Not even King and my boy Scott can really carry this. So I'm, I, I gave it a two. I'll probably just leave it there for now. But yeah, the I'm, you said everything basically. I just want to go in a little deeper of why I hated all these characters here. Uh, well, I'll stick with the main cast that you that you spend most of your time with. Um, yeah, like Scott did. Scott did great with what he was given. Or sorry, I keep saying Scott. Paul Rudd did great with what he was given. Uh, Sorry, not great. <laughs> he survived with what he was given. He's just likable, and I love him. Uh, like you said, Jonathan Majors uh, did really good with what he was given as Kane. The more I thought about Kane, the more I'm just like, yeah, this was definitely like a test run for what they were going to do with yeah. Kane. I feel like they haven't figured out exactly what they want to do, and that's just a symptom of them having no plan for what Phase Four and Five was gonna were, were going to be. Uh, so I'll just kind of hang it up. Like, yeah, Kane is definitely a. This is a test run uh, for who Kane is going to be. I feel like they haven't like. Uh, tuned in his those details yet but yeah he does pretty great for the most part he commands your attention when he's on screen uh i love that he doesn't fall into any like weird quips where they're like make a serious moment funny like he has a really good line of like uh oh you're what were you part of the avengers oh have i killed you before it's like yeah he delivered that like that was pretty haunting like 
when he when he is threatening he like keeps what he means what he says like oh and he says oh, it so gently and yeah like but like those, i've those, called the avengers are coming for me and he's like have i killed you before yeah exactly <laughs> and he's like Ugh. like yeah he's just threatening he does like and you can tell like he's a sociopath like deep down because he has like those moments where he just rages out it's like yeah this dude is like off his rocker yeah. he is crazy and he will kill you so yeah he he did well uh paul i'm, I'm sorry you were a part of this movie you're you deserve I, better you, paul you deserve better. so anyway not to the bad parts let's just get her off the bat right now this movie was cassie's movie this should have not been called am and wasp it should have been called uh Ant Catherine. and Ant Girl Jr. Ant, Ant Girl Jr. Ant, Ant Girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what's the actress's name? Catherine. Um, it's Catherine something. Can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, she plays Cassie, which is Ant Man's uh, daughter in this movie. And isn't it Catherine Newton? Yes, Catherine Newton. That's what it is. Um, I think there is a lot of blame to go more on the script than her as an actress, but I will not. I would agree with you there. I would. I will not. I will not let her. Get she's by. not innocent. She's not innocent in this movie. I would love it if she would learn to make physical emotion at any point in this movie. Period. Um, Other than constantly feeling like she's in a Disney Channel production, right? Exactly. Where it's just kind of like you don't know. Like you're. You think you're smiling, but you're not smiling, and like. Just show me something, just anything different. Like I don't, I don't know what she's been in. I haven't really, I really don't know who she is at all. I just know she replaced the old uh, Cassie that we love, we grew up with, and she doesn't resemble that Cassie from any of the other movies that we've seen her in. I get it. Cassie and Ant Man One was a really super young version, but we got the Cassie in Endgame, and this relationship in this movie between those two didn't feel anything like that. What? She was in Paranormal Activity 4. She was the main girl in Paranormal Activity 4. Oh my gosh. 4. Was she? The blonde she was, one. Yeah, she was far better in that movie than yeah, she was I in this. Yeah, I remember enjoying her in yeah. that one. <laughs> so anyway, so but again, she's not innocent in this. I I don't know if she's just regressed or if she hasn't, but whatever. I think it's, we determined the first time we discussed this, like most of this truly boils down to the script, which we'll save for when we yes. get there. And so outside of her, I thought her as a, she was the worst character in this movie. She wasn't likable. I hated watching her on screen and we'll get... Trust me, the script will get into more of that. But also, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, I see, I can't even remember her name, Rose, and then um, F Frank, Frank the father. All those characters, totally disposable. I don't. Hank? The yeah, father? Hank. So we had Hank, Rose, and then what was the wife's name? Hank Pym. I just, uh, I just remember. Angeline Lilly's character you're talking you mean about? Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Yeah. Because Rose was. Um, uh what her name i can't remember it already but yeah all their characters were very disposable and janet janet that's what it was janet yep. those characters are disposable they're all annoying i did not care for any of them i just we'll get into it in the script let's move on yeah <laughs> it was it was rough yep um, anyway what's next okay so next we have music and sound so moving into music and sound i there's really not a whole lot to say about this yeah, one. Mine was a one. Uh, Bryce gave it a one. I gave it a three. Yeah. Because to me, it was just, it was adequate. It did its job. It wasn't memorable, but it wasn't noticeably bad. So I gave it a three. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically the same, same idea for with that. But I think, I think I mentioned it before where it was like, I'm, I'm just kind of sick and tired of this. What feels like the same song for every single superhero movie at this point and it's just i i made the comment that 
I wonder what would happen if they just took the music completely out of this movie at times and just let it be silent and whatever was happening. And I think it probably would have been even better than what we got. Um, and so to what, while I agree mostly with what you were saying, I think I'm just sick and tired of the same thing. And I just, I, I, there was nothing memorable about this music at all. I don't, I don't even really know if it served a purpose, honestly. And that's no, I don't really want to go against, I don't want to, I'm not saying this is anything against the composer of the music. Um, cause I'm sure he did his job. And if anything, like you said, he probably did it with only like a week left till the movie was like supposed to be ready to go. So, well, what's interesting is, uh, the music, this is one, it looks like it's one of the few Marvel productions. He did the music for Ant-Man. He did the music for Ant-Man and the Wasp. He mm. did the music for WandaVision and Hawkeye. Interesting. And as well as this one. And then surprisingly, he did music for the upcoming Shazam Fury of the Gods. Okay. Well, which I had my hopes up for that movie. So I we mean, shall that see. universe is destroyed, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> anyway. Not entirely. Whatever. We won't know until we watch The Flash. Anyway. Anyways, so there's yeah. not a whole lot to say about the Let's music. Let's move on to the next one. What's the next one? Uh, next one, we have editing and special effects. I can kick us off. Yeah, go ahead. I gave us a three. Marvel has fallen into the trap where they rely so heavily on CGI, but they're not using it intelligently. They're just using it because they can. And they started... It's become a, a, a crutch for them. Yeah. yeah. So people used to criticize like, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League movie had way too much CGI, blah, 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 blah. But now you can't make that argument and still say like, oh, I loved Ant-Man, but I hated because of the CGI because this movie was 75% green screen. Probably even more than that. Maybe more than that. And Marvel has just gotten to a point, they started using the digital sets or digital backgrounds. Yes. Where they have a projection of what it's going to look like on a screen. But I found that every movie that they use that in, so I believe they started it, the first movie was uh, Thor Ragnarok. That makes sense. And you can notice it a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, it's very noticeable. Um, but the first time that it really like paved the way was they started using it in the Mandalorian oh, where it yeah, works in the Mandalorian is the Mandalorian is supposed to feel like an old TV Western. Yeah. Where they had painted backdrops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it works in the Mandalorian, but it does not work in the quantum realm where I'm supposed to be wowed by what I see. And instead I'm just underwhelmed by yep, half baked exactly. planning. Mm -hmm. It felt, it feels, uh, I mentioned the first time that like this quantum realm, even though it's super small, it, they still want you to think it's huge. They still try I to know. make it feel huge. Yeah, exactly. It feels like an entire universe. They say right under what we know, but I still felt cramped and claustrophobic. The sets yeah, are small. Almost like you're in a box the entire time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, like those video games where like, it looks like it's a great big world, but then you try to go outside of it, and then there's that invisible wall that blocks you every time. Yeah, and there are moments in this movie where the textures are off. So right, one of the characters yeah. that we see in the trailer, Modok, is in it, oh, and gosh. he I miss looks, him in the character section. <laughs> uh, he He's an looks awful character. Terrible. He bombs so hard in this movie. Yeah. It's not even funny. I think he looks terrible. He looks like they filmed the guy through a fishbowl full of water yeah and then just dropped his face on there but then they forgot to add texture on top of it so his skin looks stretched and smooth and it doesn't look right at all Modak and it takes one, you out of it that could have been one of those saving graces of this movie and he made the movie that much worse 
He was awful. Yeah, it I was. It his. did not work. And there's other moments that <clears throat> they just feel like CGI flexing their muscles, or when they like switch Barely. switch their helmets on and off. Oh yeah, it's like why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, he can, Scott will just like flick his head back as I zoom, and it just like goes up. It's like I bet if you I bet if you slowed that down, you have one frame there where that shows up, and basically yep. his helmet's on. It's probably it probably looks awful. Yeah, and then there's other scenes with Jonathan Majors as Kang, where he's just walking with his face mask on, blue sh- blue mask on, and then he just takes it off. And like there was no reason for either one. You could have had it on the whole time or off the right. whole time. And it just keeps happening yeah, over it. But you over keep taking it over on. And it's off. like open and close, open and close, open. It's like so and annoying. And it's more distracting. And it just makes you wonder, like, why are you using your CGI budget to do that? Right, exactly. Like I almost there's a part of me to go with what you're saying. That was I was at a certain point questioning, like, I almost wonder if I'd rather him just not have the blue face anymore. Yeah. Like just keep it because like I was so used to seeing just his normal face. I'm like, I almost kind of want that more than the blue face at yeah. this point like when he first gets into his ship and he's starting to move and he puts the mask on i'm like that makes sense yeah exactly but then there's another scene when he's just walking around a building and he just like pop on pop off pop on pop up like what yeah are you doing? it just got a really annoying and distracting yeah is the cgi in this movie it's fine but it's not like i like i don't love the avatar movies but their cgi is amazing yeah and it's awe-inspiring this movie is just whelming when it comes to cgi it's like oh i've seen that before what'd you give it again score i gave it a three okay so i gave it a two and you i mean you said everything i was gonna say basically yeah i was gonna make the point that uh this this like like, again like you said this world is supposed to make you like believe that this is a bigger this is bigger than us like this is something uh, that's uh, that we don't know about and it's within like the molecules of the molecules of the molecules basically like whole new worlds exist in here it's a whole new universe um, and universes are within that universe. Like, it's a pretty, it's like, okay, yeah, I can get behind that. It would feel that way if every single environment that is in this movie didn't feel like it was just dead. Yeah. Like, every, there was nothing intriguing. I didn't find anything intriguing about any of these, like, places we went to in this movie. I'm I'm dead serious. Speaking like, of environments, there was one scene with Janet and Hank and uh, Hope where they yeah. had just gotten there and they're, like, going through this lush, like, jungle-ish weird amoeba jungle thing. You know thing. what I was thinking that entire time? Star Wars. Yeah, but then the uh, very Fel- next scene... Felocia or whatever it's called. But then the very next scene, they're in like this desert. And there, yeah, it's just, those people are coming across this sandish whatever, and I'm like, how did we get here? What happened? And it just felt like, oh, we're trying to show you how expansive everything is without making it feel real at all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, let's just put a bunch of like... I, I, I made the point to you. It felt like they asked a... A classroom full of preschoolers basically to come up with some weird stuff like to just creatures places like oh these buildings are alive oh your buildings aren't alive that's such a stupid line and they're shaped like bongs yeah it's like that's so stupid like I, I, I don't believe this like I don't know if you're just like running out of ideas or and you're just like completely bankrupt or if there's just no creativity like I, I don't know like i just wasn't blown away by anything in this movie like it was boring like my eyes it was more of an eyesore at that point because so much was on the screen i'm just like wow everything all everywhere all at once felt like it at least could restrain itself at times with the with how overwhelming it was that's why i thought it was so masterful Ugh, whatever <laughs> uh anyway i just yeah i gave it a two there's parts where like their feet looked like they were floating like it just it, looked rough it, it looks better than the trailer so i'll give it credit there and it wasn't, like you said, so horrendous. It wasn't She-Hulk bad. Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother level of bad. Um, so, but yeah, I just didn't, I 
I thought it was bad altogether. So jumping into the script, this is where we really had issues. Uh, I gave it a two on the script. Every attempt at humor in this movie falls flat. No humor. This isn't a funny movie at no, all. No, but it tries to be. Oh, it tries so like, hard to there be. Were a That's couple, what makes it more sad. Yes, it almost came off feeling sad. There were a couple moments that I chuckled. I wouldn't Which say was at I the laughed. beginning. Yeah, I wouldn't say I laughed. And most of those moments came from Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. Yep, exactly. And I like him, and it was funny. But every attempt at humor fell completely flat. But like we've said with the script, <clears throat> everything that could have been important and could have made us care about these characters right. was skipped right over, Yep, moved on to the next action point, the next plot point. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't even tell you why... Bill Murray's character was in it. He he serves no purpose in this movie. I'm like, dead serious. There's no reason for him to be in this movie except to give some very light and offensive like jokes and like storytelling, basically. Yeah, and it wasn't. And good. by that I mean the storytelling was incredibly light, and the uh, jokes were just offensively just bad. bad. Like I've never thought yeah. that Bill Murray wouldn't be great, but he, he probably wasn't. just wanted the paycheck, and I don't blame yeah. him. It was a totally wasted appearance, but. The script in every way is disappointing. It yep. sets up Kang, and that's about the only thing that it does. But even then, like we get a weak introduction to him in the first two minutes. Right, exactly. The opening scene. But then we get a much better introduction to him later. And I'm like, if you had started the movie with yeah. that, <clears throat> it actually might have had a little bit more weight through the beginning. Right, exactly. I would have much rather just not seen him till the middle of the movie at that point. Yeah. Because there was no reason for him to be in that beginning. It well, felt kind of like, why is this even here? Yes. It doesn't feel needed. The other main like driving force in this movie is Janet Van Dyne, who'd been in the quantum realm before. Right. But the whole time, she's not telling anybody what she's just like, trust me, I need to do this. Reminds and then everybody of, does. Uh, reminds me of the last Jedi with, um, what was the general's name or whatever with, uh, General Hux. Was it General? No, not General Hux. Oh. The, of the rebellion, the one, the purple haired, haired woman who just never oh, didn't say yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just know your place. And like, that's what yeah. it reminded me of. I'm like, I hate your kind of, this kind of character. Yeah. Like, but she annoying. was the foil to Poe. I understood it there. There's no foil to Janet in this. Everybody just does what she says without question. And there would be a point in this when you're like, tell us what we're worried about. Tell us what we're right, running from. Exactly. And it doesn't happen. And then Hope's character is completely wasted. Yeah, Hope is... She's not even in this movie, no. basically. You could take her out and the story doesn't change. She is boiled down to a laser-wielding female. That's it. She just pops in at two or three times to save Ant-Man by blasting her wrist lasers and then they walk away. It's kind of disrespectful, honestly. It is. After I you made the last movie basically her movie. Yeah. And then like, oh, what? Now we're just going to put cast off Ant-Man and Wasp for the new one? Yeah. Like, I thought about it a couple of times. Like, there's one scene that made me quite mad in the theater when Ant-Man is struggling to accomplish something in what they call a paradox storm. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. Paradox storm. But then he's trying to do something. He's been separated from everybody for a while. And then Hope swings in to save the day. And she just automatically knows what the mission is and what they're supposed to do because yeah. they accomplish it together in the next two seconds. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember you being a part of this conversation with Kang at all about what had to be done here. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any it's sense. It's one of the moments that like the script totally fails to create any significance. Yep. So yeah, I gave mine a one. Um, I'm going to go a step further than you uh, with some parts that really like just rubbed. 
like I don't think I've ever been like this frustrated with the script before. I have been. Um, I'm not gonna be that dramatic, but I just want to point out one part off the bat that just rubbed me the wrong way from the get-go, which led to me hating these characters as much as I did throughout this movie. And it was at the very beginning. So Cassie's character is like this, I don't know, like this activist basically, and she gets arrested a lot. She goes to jail. So like when uh uh Paul Rudd's character Scott sees this in his dark, you know, he is it harpens back to his old days as a criminal and getting arrested and stuff like that. And so he's trying to have like a father daughter moment, like at the dinner table with everyone and like, just be like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, I don't want you to be like in jail. Like, it's good that you, you know, you're doing like the right thing, but like, you need to be careful. You need to pick your battles. And then the entire group, like I'm talking about Cassie, I'm talking about Rose, uh, Frank and again, Janet, Janet. like all of them just start piling on top of him and beating him up for like, I don't know, giving a crap about his daughter's like future and whatnot. And it just rubbed me the wrong way and yeah. made me so angry. Like, what are you doing here? Like, this is his daughter. Who are you guys to sit here and ask him why why he's asking these questions or like questioning his daughter's choices? And I don't know. I just found it incredibly disrespectful as as I don't know, just like to he's a, a man who's been to prison. Yeah, like this man, like, and he makes the you know, they're asking, like, what have you ever done? And it's like, are you kidding me? He literally was the reason Endgame had a reason to move forward. Well, and he says, I saved the world once, and then they mock him for saying that. Yeah, they mock him for saying it. It's like, oh, well, there's still people hurt today. You know what? I just wanted to say, there's always going to be people hurting. Using that as your excuse for su- for this conversation is such a weak-minded, like, comeback for that, like, retaliation. Like, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way, and I'm getting, like, emotion, like, yeah. super, like, angry about it now, just because I think it was such awful writing. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And, again, that goes into the, that goes into Cassie's character throughout this whole movie. She is just the most unlikable douchebag I've ever, like, witnessed in a Marvel movie. So, like, there is, you bring up an interesting dynamic that they didn't touch on at all, is at the beginning, they make it sound like she almost resents her dad. Right. She doesn't appreciate her dad or whatever. But yet she wants to be part of this Ant-Man family. Right, exactly. And it doesn't fit her character at all from what we saw, for the little bit we saw in Endgame. Like, you, like I get it. Maybe there's some stuff that happens ever, but it feels, like such, that a, back. It feels like such a 180 from, like, yeah. what we've seen of her from that point. And I, I get, whatever, I guess you can do what you want with it. This, but the, So what we're getting also, to. Yeah, she also has this awful line where she, like, you know, she, she talks to Modak at the end. She's like, oh, you're... You're just you don't be don't be a dick. And it's like, come on. Like and he's like, Oh, I've been a dick. And then they uh, just go back and forth for like six awful, lines. Awful writing. And then at the end, his saving grace is he comes in and he's like, I am not a dick. And it's, it's just like, like this was lazy it's like, writing. This is some of the worst writing it's, I've ever it's witnessed. Bad. It's anyway, yeah. I just I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's like that bad. I there's no redeeming qualities of this. Like Kang is the only reason I gave it a one, basically. Kang's lines and how he delivers. Kang has some great lines. Like, he has some great lines, and that's the only reason it got a one. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I can justify the zero with Jonathan Major's script and his performance. So, dive into his performance because next is acting. (sighs) Yeah. So, So, the next is the acting. I believe I gave this a two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Oh, yeah. I gave it a three, actually. I think we both both gave it a three for the same reasons. Yeah. So, basically, uh, outside of Catherine's performance being less than mediocre because she can't like make any other physical face while she's acting and like convince me of her character um everyone else serves their role i guess um kang's about the only person who really stands out in this movie paul Rudd, you like 
because of Paul Rudd, not because of Scott Lang, right. really. Uh, but for the most part, everyone serves their purpose as a character. I don't, I, I can't really say anyone had an awful performance. Um, it was more like we said. I thought Michelle about Pfeiffer was awful. <sighs> she was pretty, yeah. and I know <laughs> and maybe you disliked her. I mean, I, I, I thought she it, was also whatever. she had a terrible script to work with. Is yeah, yeah other, I think it's more to do thing. with the script and less with the acting. I'm sure these people are fine actors outside of this, which I know they are. I've seen them in other yes. movies. We've seen them so, be better in everything. Else. I guess it's just a three. I don't really have anything strong to say about. No, the acting. I gave it. I gave it a three too for a lot of the same reasons. Paul Rudd's likable. Jonathan Majors himself deserves probably a four four and a half because eh, he maybe he is pretty good but what's also impressive is that playing multiple versions of kang at this point yeah exactly So he played one version of kang in loki, in loki one version of kang in this and there's and, gonna be more of him i'm sure yep, moving forward and with there's the more moving forward yeah so the fact that he plays the same character with different nuance multiple times is very impressive uh but the rest of it is just you're working with a weak, weak script and not even Michelle Pfeiffer, Bill Murray can uh, elevate it. Paul, literally like, all of them. It's like, rough. It's so really I give it, bad. I gave it a three out of three. So next on the list is direction. I will go ahead and just kick us off off the bat. Uh, I gave it a two out of five. Um, yeah, this movie was just. I don't know why half the stuff happened in this movie. Not even. I don't know why anything happened in this movie. Like, again bare bones i see what from beginning to end where they were going with this movie and because there just so happened to be things that happened in the movie we could further the plot so we got from the beginning to the end like in the one ants piece living a thousand years in a day oh my gosh that, that was so stupid that's another thing i that don't even i don't movie. even understand what that it was anyway again whatever that was stupid um but yeah i just the direction was it got us to the end but it didn't get us there in one piece like the amount of MacGuffins you needed to further this plot was getting like strenuous and it was honestly hurting the story more than yes. anything um you get to the end and i guess you've survived that's all i can really say so i mean whatever i mean it's totally it was, forgettable and i i feel i feel like there was there was way they the script writers probably felt way more directionless throughout this movie than they felt like they actually had something here, and that's how I felt. So you're probably going to leave this story feeling a lot more like you got lost and you somehow found your way out through luck. Um, and yeah, two out of five. So I gave mine a three because I didn't think it was particularly bad. I also didn't think it was particularly good. Marvel at this point, they put so many restrictions on what a director is able to do yep, that I exactly. don't know where to criticize the director or where to criticize Marvel themselves. Right. So mm -hmm. I gave him a three for the benefit of the doubt, but I will say that Peyton Reed is classically a comedy director. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, <clears throat> almost, that's everything that he's done. Cause even Ant-Man would be comedy up until this movie, but uh, everything he's done is comedy. And there were moments that I felt like this was a comedy director trying to make an action movie and it didn't work. Yep. Pretty much. So, yeah. What's next? Uh, if so the if factor. Yep. Go ahead. You can kick us off. So because this movie is, I think this is the final movie of phase four. I thought it was the beginning of phase five. Maybe it's the final phase. Or is four. it the beginning? I don't know. All I know is this is we're into the next phase. basically, yes. And it kicks off. It's really the prequel to the King Dynasty films, and right, exactly in Avengers. Um, because of that, I give it a three because it it is supposed to have some significance overall, 
that is the main reason people well people like ant-man but that's, that's the only reason we went to see yeah it. that's really the only reason we went to see it is because this is supposed to have major ramifications later but other than that i mean this movie is failing to impress across many boards so yeah um you were way more forgiving than i was i gave it a one um i found nothing significant about this movie at all even leading up to it like yeah they're marketing it how they market all their marvel movies there's nothing special about it like we all, the only reason you are into this movie, um, I would say, is if you know who Kang is. Like, but guess what? I'm pretty sure your average moviegoer who got into Marvel has no clue who Kang is. Um, and it, I just felt I didn't feel any of the weight of this movie going into it. I didn't feel it in the movie. I didn't feel it after the movie. There's nothing in this movie that makes it stand out from any other Marvel movie, let mm -hmm. alone any other movie outside of Marvel at this point. We've seen the whole, like, even though it's the quantum realm, I do that in quotation marks, that's no different from any Avatar movie. That's no different from... Uh, in fact, it's far worse than Like, it's even movies. far worse than that. Like, Avatar did this and it did it way better. Like, yep. the world of Avatar, I felt as bad as the story and script in that movie was, at least you can enjoy watching it and looking at it because it was genuinely a gorgeous movie to watch. And, um... Yeah, outside of that, like the quantum realm is not significant in any way. Um, I've seen it been done better in Star Wars and Star Trek and, like I said, Avatar. Um, nothing special there. Kang, I get it. He's the next Thanos, but I don't feel any of that weight that I felt leading up to Thanos um, throughout the first three phases of Marvel. So as much as I want to get excited for Kang, and again, as much as I liked Jonathan's performance, I don't feel any excitement moving forward. In fact, yeah, outside of this podcast, I don't see any reason to like go see these movies at all. Um, uh, yeah, I'm struggling with that same thought. Like, yeah. It's not worth the price of the ticket at so, this yeah, point. It's a one out of five for me. So overall, uh, my entertainment value, I give it a five, which brings my full score to a 27. So I hmm. gave it a five, which 27 is, I considered it an okay movie based on my score. And I think I'd stay by it's an okay movie. I don't... You were 17. No, sorry. I was just counting it up again oh. just to be sure. Okay. So it says 16, so I was going oh. to count it up again. Oh, maybe. So, by um, the way, I got my, my entertainment was a 2, and I got a 16 out of okay. everything just because he was... He saw me counting, and I was like, I was just making sure because I saw 16, and he said 17 before. I was like, I'm... Okay. You're, you're right. So, anyway, then, keep going. Um, overall, I had moments that I was entertained. Kang was on screen, and I found those entertaining. Yeah, they're like the showdown that happens at the end of every superhero movie. I actually was on the edge of my seat on that because when these characters are going toe to toe, I was invested in how that was going to end, but then it did end and I was left underwhelmed and just like, well, that felt cheap. Right. And so mm -hmm. overall, like Paul Rudd is always great to watch. Even Paul Rudd has now proven that in a bad movie, he is still good to watch. Yeah, he's entertaining. I still enjoyed him. Kang was good. I gave it a 5 out of 10. 27 overall. It's an, it's an okay movie. Yeah. So I gave mine, like I said, uh, 2 for entertainment. Um, I found absolutely almost close to zero entertainment in this movie. Like you said, Kang's fun to watch on screen. That's a, Outside of the opening section with uh, Scott doing his narration, I just... I had, like, no fun watching this movie. Like, to... Tim's probably more aware of it, but like when we're watching movies and it's a bad movie, I when when once I'm at the point where I'm like this movie sucks and I'm over it, like I start cracking jokes in the middle of it and I'll start making fun of it. Like we we went to see this movie alone and there was no like, one there in the no theater. One else in theater. It was just him and me, so we really got to like kick back and like really relax while we watched this one. 
And just for reference, just for reference, (laughs) when we saw Multiverse of Madness, like we were talking and joking that entire movie. Like we just kind of let loose and we're just enjoying like the time we were having together watching and making fun of that movie. And this one, it was almost just me making jokes and cracking jokes and like trying to have fun. Tim was like genuinely angry watching this movie. At one point, he yelled out in the theater about some plot point that was going on because it, it did. It made zero sense. It was in that so moment. funny. I'm like, how did we get to this point? Yeah, and I think that sums up like how entertained I was. By I, I just had no fun. I, I was ready to leave halfway through this movie. I was like, God, you didn't even m-. want to stick around for the after. No, I told him like I don't even like I'll which watch- are not worth sticking around yeah, for. Yeah, like I told him I'll straight up just go home and watch like the end credits on YouTube for this. Like, yeah. I, and I've never done that for most movies unless I just didn't have time to see it but yeah i just had zero entertain zero entertainment this entire movie i kang was the only thing and i guess i guess that warranted a two for some reason for me the opening sequence also uh bringing my total score to a 16 out of 50 so between our two scores the average is 21.5 which puts this firmly in the bad movie category rightfully so. so if you saw this and you thought differently Head over to our Instagram, The Average Reviews. Yeah. You will see in our link tree, there is the average scorecard. Go ahead, fill out your scorecard with what you thought of the movie. There's a place to include your comments. Let us know if you want us to read them. We'll be happy to read them. But let us know what you thought. We'll include that in our average to give others a better idea of if this is great for group settings. Right. Right now. Well, yeah. And speaking of, so that group settings, like, what do you even think this movie's like watchable in? Like, I don't know. I know we kind of give same, some final thoughts, but let's, like, like, let's kind of put this nice little bow on this. Like, I think this movie is rough for group settings because at this point, Very. any Marvel movie is rough for group settings. Anything Marvel at a, this point feels rough it, outside of Spider Man, basically. Well, <laughs> it, fa- it fails on group settings because it requires you to know so much of the background before getting into this movie. Right. They reference so much that happens. And they reference it in this annoying, like, inside the, joke. The flashback, manner. the flashback sequences. That's something I didn't bring up. Like, where they kind of spoon fed you, like, oh, that that little twist or whatever. Like, that kind of just feels like, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, oh, just in case you didn't see the first Ant Man, this happened. So it might have been part of the criticism that that people have had for Marvel, where you have to pay for Disney Plus now to get like the rest of the story for the TV shows that are going out. Like, you would have no clue what's going on in this movie if you didn't watch Loki, probably. Yeah. Like. And that's the only, and that's because that's when Kang was first introduced. And so maybe some of those flashbacks were like, oh, we kind of know not all of you will watch the Disney Plus show. So we're going to kind of force feed you these like old, old things that happen to kind of catch you yeah. up on what happened. Like, yeah, like kind of like you said, like this movie is not a good, like, well, there's, there's never a good time to watch this movie. Unless, it's not funny enough to be a group. It's not funny movie enough either. to be a group movie. There are plenty of other better background movies that you would rather it's watch. It's way too boring in the first hour. The only reason you'll watch this movie is if you're going to watch, all, if you're going to do what you did with the Infinity Saga and watch it from beginning to end, and yep. you have to watch it. Like otherwise, you're probably going to be like me and Tim, where we just sat and talked the entire time. We if, were not paying attention. If you're going to gonna string together like every appearance of Kang, you'll go Loki, Ant Man, Quantum Mania. And then Whatever into the Avengers that, films. Which will probably just be Kang Dynasty. But that's the only reason to watch it. It's, <clears throat> yeah. It completely fails as a trilogy capper for Ant-Man. Yeah, it's awful. Genuinely. And I hated Ant-Man and Wasp. So when I find a little bit more interest in that one than this one, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. Yep. So yeah, I guess that's our final thoughts. This movie sucks. Yep. Um, I guess if don't. you want to go see it, you can. <laughs> probably just wait till it's, it's on stream. Yeah, I'd say wait for streaming. I don't. I personally, we paid to see it in theaters, so you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what makes us great, Tim. Yeah, we're doing a service for these people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so go ahead. Yeah. Like, follow, 
send us your scores through that link tree on our Instagram. Yep, we got a lot of uh, cool episodes coming up. We actually got some viewer request ones that are coming up here, so that'll be a lot of fun. And we do, as far as I'm aware, have some actual. We're gonna actually have some of their comments with that because of what they request because of the movie they requested. Yep. So that should be a lot of fun. So yeah, like Tim said. Follow us, subscribe, share with your family and friends if they like movies. Uh, again, we want to interact with you guys um, and what movies that you guys are watching, what we're watching. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. So with all that said, until next time, we will see you in the next episode. Yep. Avoid those MCU films. <laughs>